Get ready for conflicts where movie reviews collide. Is I, your host, Laura. On today's episode of Conflicts, the podcast, I have with me our star reviewers, Rich. Say hello, Rich. Hello, Rich. Can always count on him for dad joke. And Nick. Say hello, Nick. Hello. And you can always count on Nick for not a dad joke because he's not a dad. Very true. <laughs> All right. The stereotypes. Today, we are moving beyond the movies into the media, beyond the cinema to Stranger Things 3. I really wish that we had the rights and could play a little bit of the uh, intro right now. Oh, uh, yeah. Because that I is one of the best TV show theme songs ever. I wish we had those rights too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for many reasons. And the Stephen King font going everywhere. Anyway, if you can't tell, I love Stranger Things like a lot. I have seen season one four times, season two three times, and season three twice. The fact that you oh. even kept count is says something right there. I love Stranger Things. Okay, it's a favorite. Yeah. For Stranger Things 3, to give a brief synopsis, in summer 1985, we find our gang growing up, dealing with the loss of childhood, the anguish of first love, and the return of an old foe thought destroyed. Nick, I'm queuing you up for the dun-dun-dun, oh, and dun, you let dun, me down. Dun. I thought you were pointing at me to Jeez start. I'm like, Louise. what am I starting with? <laughs> I like dramatic pause in everything, and I point to him to cue him up for my dun-dun-dun, and he's just staring at his phone going, what? No, I was looking at your finger like, is it my turn? Like, you didn't <laughs> tell me what the topic was. <laughs> Epic fail, bro. Epic fail. I know, that was. Sorry. Dun-dun-dun. Uh, Thank you. I feel justified. <laughs> Edit <right>. that in. <laughs> the creators of this show are the Duffer Brothers and... And this season, as all other seasons, stars Finn Wolfhard, Millie Bobby Brown, Noah Schnapp, Schnapp, I'm not sure. I'm going Schnapp because it's a drink. <laughs> Caleb McLaughlin, Gaten Matarazzo, and all of the adults and the other new kids that I don't didn't feel like writing down their names. Well, I can tell you this. Uh, the girl who worked at Chips Ahoy or wherever. Uh-huh. Scoops, Scoops Ahoy. Ahoy. <laughs> uh, Chips Ahoy. <laughs> that is Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke's daughter. I is did it not really? know that. Yeah, I is. did not know that either. Yeah. She does that. not look like either of her parents. Oh, yeah. She looks just like Uma Thurman. If you really stare no. at her. No. No. Trust me. I'm somebody who's looked at Uma Thurman quite a bit. <laughs> just saying. She may or may not be on my list. Oh. <laughs> but uh, Mad yeah. respect, though. Uh, yeah. you know, For that list choice. I'm just saying. Yeah, I had no idea that Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman were together, but apparently they were, they were. together for a long time and yeah. then he made bad choices. <laughs> yeah, dude. What the hell? I mean, and you know, he was married to Uma Thurman. He made some seriously bad choices. <laughs> what else, though? I'm going to go ahead and put the spoiler warning right here. If you have not yet watched Stranger Things 3, A, what is wrong with you? It's been out for over a week. Your priorities are off. B, press pause, go watch it, then come back and listen. 
And there's no C. I just felt like going A and B. A <laughs> uh, few fun facts about this season. Uh, Stranger Things is so popular that they brought New Coke back for it. They did. New Coke is back. It is available like in major cities, have Stranger Things vending machines that you could get it at. And then you can order it directly from Coca-Cola in Atlanta. I looked into ordering some for us just to be cool, but it's like 20 bucks for a six pack. Um, and and it, I don't love you guys that much. And it was terrible back then. So I've heard. I've heard it was gross. Uh, another fun fact, 618-625-8313. They made it a real phone number. You can call it and you can hear Murray Bauman's voicemail. Yes, you can. Or, uh, excuse me, not a voicemail, his answering machine mm -hmm. message when he's talking to Joyce that he has information. It's not good. It's not bad. But it's there. It's pretty funny. And then my other, why I put the spoiler warning before my fun facts, my other fun fact is straight up spoilerific. Um, you know the song Heroes? Yes. You know how in season one, when they pull fake dead Will out of the water, mm -hmm. Bowie's version of Heroes is playing? Yeah, at the end of season three, when she's reading quote unquote Dead Hopper's letter, guess yes. what song's playing? It is. It's Peter Gabriel's version of Heroes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Just thought that was an interesting tie-in, Duffer Brothers. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. They do a lot of tie-ins and a lot of references. Mm -hmm. All right. That's enough of my fun facts. Let's dive right into some ratings. Rich, start us off. Rate this baby. So I had to do a lot of soul searching uh, mm -hmm. coming up with I understand. this rating. I, I did, because here's the problem. This show is me. I, I've, to, I've had this conversation with my children. Wait, wait, wait. You had to fight in with the monster campaign, alien race. In their campaign, who would you be? Who would you be? In our campaign? No, like in, in season one, like the, when they're sitting around opening scene, who would you be? I'm Galen. The, uh, sorry, his name is Gaten. Yeah. Okay. Um, sorry. The, You're Dustin. I, I, yeah, I'm Dustin. I'm totally Dustin. That is absolutely me, 100%. Okay, I can see it in my head now. Okay, not, continue. Not even like, other than the the issue with the palate, mm -hmm. that's like 100% You don't me. have cleidocranial dysplasia? I do not. Um, it, to, I love Stranger Things. Stop laughing at me. To the point where, no, you, sh you should have this discussion with my wife because she uh, she sees it. Like the first ever, the first season, uh, we binged watched it when it came out. She's like, that was you, wasn't it? And mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, that was only me. That's adorable. Um, so so you're a little baby Dustin running around in 1983. And, and not even kind of like that's very close to my age group. Those those <laughs> kids uh, who are doing that, uh, that they're me now. So uh, like I identify with everything in the show because that was me and my friends. We were the ones who were playing D&D &D in mom's basement. We were. Aren't the, you from Indiana too? Illinois. Oh, close enough. Very, very close. No, it really is. It's very close. Like those. Ref so the town I grew up in was 14 miles from the Indiana border. And I don't know where this fictional town actually is, but it's got to be very close to Illinois because they drive there in a fairly yeah, short to Chicago. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, because that's where um, uh, the Lonnie. Lonnie. Yes. That's where he's from. So, and, and honestly, Illinois and Indiana are kind of, you know, interchangeable. I have family in Indianapolis. So, yeah, it's very much the region I grew up in, that, that Midwest. Um, all of those cliches, all of the things they show, I, I experienced that. Uh, you know, I've told my children, you want to know what life was like for me growing up? That's it. Minus the supernatural aspect to it, obviously. But, you know, as far as, uh, you know, we rode our bikes all night long and all day long. We played at the pool during the summer because that's what you did and, you know, these things, uh, you know, our parents didn't know we were for days on ends. You know, we just kind of left a message. I'm staying over so-and-so's house. You did that stuff mm -hmm. because the world was safer. The world mm -hmm. was, uh, it, you know, it was in existence there. The parents talked enough. They trusted each other with their kids. 
Uh, you know, we never locked our doors when I, my wife and I first got married. She was always astounded that I like just walked into my friend's house when we went up there to visit. She's like, you're just walking into these people's house. And I'm like, they would be offended if I didn't. If I knocked on the door, they would be offended. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is the world I grew up in. You know, season three, they very much referenced the malls taking out the, the downtown areas. Starcourt Mall. I remember that. I have this conversation where I think it's funny that malls are collapsing now because I remember when they were mm-hmm. the big thing. I was talking to my sister about that mm-hmm. just last night. That's what you did going to the mall. Well, the realness of Erica and her friends, like that being their destination. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just going to the mall to hang out. That's what we did. I remember, um, so the town I grew up in never had a mall. There, The closest one was about an hour away in uh, Champaign-Urbana. And that was like a family day. We would load up and we would go to the mall for the day. Mm-hmm. Spend that, the entire day. We did that mall. too. That was a thing here, actually, um, in Springfield. Another, yeah, another big crush of mine at that age was Debbie Gibson. Oh, I thought you were going to say Phoebe Cates for a nice no. full circle moment. Well, no, I mean everybody thought Phoebe Cates like was Phoebe hot Cates back then. the hotter. Um, yeah, I mean we all <laughs> don't get me wrong. There was nobody that said she was ugly. Everybody thinks but Phoebe Cates is hot. One of my big, uh, that was one of my big crushes was Debbie Gibson. And shout out Debbie, you're still rocking it. But. Um, did I you go to her mall to work? I did. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> that is fantastic. And I know the reference, but I actually explained this to my children that many of the stars back then, like now, like the Tiffany. U- well, yeah, like now the YouTube stars, the the people that you know, you, the kids find them there and they become big. That's what they did back when I was young. Is they toured malls and then became big stars, Tiffany and Debbie Gibson, and there were others. But that's how they got entered into our culture. So that was my exposure. So I remember all of this very vividly this was my childhood so my connection to this show is it, it's, it's very real it, it's it's beyond real uh you know so every time i watch this the, the all of those memories come flooding back and the duffer brothers nail it i mean it's not it's kind of like it's kind of they nail it to the extent where it's almost impossible for me not to to not see it mm-hmm. so that's how much I connect with this show. So that's why it's difficult for me to rate it because of my rating is like, everything gets a 10. It's a 10. You know, <laughs> it's all A pluses because it's just so much connection there. So it was really difficult for me to step back and try to analyze oh, to look this. at it objectively mm-hmm. to try to and be, not be little Dustin. Exactly. To try to be objective about this show. So I really made a good, honest, hard try to be objective and come up with some critiques and look at this not as the guy who's that connected with it. So in that vein... I'm giving this season a B plus. Oh, mm-hmm. that I do. is and not I, an A. It's not an A, and I oh. will we'll get into uh, why I'm going to say that uh, in a minute. But I'm I've rambled on enough there, so B plus for season three of Stranger Things. All right, Nick, just right. give us your rating. Just throw it out there, buddy. Rip that bandaid off. Well, I kind of want to go into a little rant too. I feel like I need to say some stuff. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I didn't grow up in the same era as Rich did, but you were born in what eighties? I was born in eighty seven, so I was born on the ass end of the eighties. But <laughs> yeah, it still bled into the nineties for a little. You were bit. born in rural Arkansas, and so the early eighties and the early nineties were the same thing. So there. trends took a long time to take effect where I was. So, like, say in California or on a coast. They'd have been onto the new thing, but you it just took weren't those, at the cutting edge. You yeah, were it took at the that acid. many years to get like, oh, sweet acid wash jeans or thing, <laughs> <laughs> or that shirt that you could touch and it leaves a handprint on. BTW, I was also born in rural Arkansas, so I'm allowed to throw shade at Arkansas. Any Arkansites 
Arkansans yeah, who just threw up their arms. Uh-huh. I'm allowed. And I'm just a jerk, so I do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I can relate to some things on this show, but not everything. Uh, so I didn't have to take a step back like Rich did and try and be like, oh, yeah, I remember new Pepsi. So it related I, Coke, to you, but it wasn't as visceral. I got the hand-me-downs of right. everything. So it's like, yeah, uh, yeah, I know what this is, and I played with it, and I probably still have it in a box somewhere because it was my brother's, and I got it because I was a second child. But you don't remember the Bush Mondale. Right. And the mall was still a big deal in the 90s, too, but not... Well, if you drove two hours to get to one. But not going to see whoever it was that you saw. Debbie Gibson. Gibson. I remember uh, where we live now, the the mall here in town. I remember when it was built, and I didn't even live here. Oh. She's Louise. uh, My grandparents lived nearby. That's why I know. So I was visiting them. And at the time it was built, did you know it was the largest mall in America? No, I did not. On, on its for like a minute and a half. Yeah, it wasn't very long, but on its completion, it was. Huh. And then well, things blew up from and there. And this mall sort of—I mean, it wasn't it, that that tier isn't two stories, but the stores that I saw in that episode, I was like, oh, I remember that being at Battlefield Mall, like the theater, and they had oh, the yeah, Spencers the and, and the, Sam the Gap, the Sam Goodies, and Taco I, Bell coming soon. And yeah. I don't know what hot dog on a stick is but <laughs> bailey does my wife because they still have it in california apparently huh. and uh they're just fresh made corn dogs oh okay and and i remember the i remember burger king sign looking like it did mm-hmm. i remember um, that too but internationally it looked like that a lot longer than it did domestically my rating for season three of stranger things that you can tell had a higher budget <laughs> Was also a B plus. Interesting. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, side note: the mall is a real mall. Yeah, it, was, uh, yeah, it is going out of business. Telling though. me that it's yeah. a mall in Georgia that closed down. Yep, yeah, they used it, and, and they just... took it over. And people keep apparently keep trying to visit it, and they have to keep telling people, "Stop! We're trying to tear this down." Which you know, missed opportunity. I mean, they really could have made a whole theme park if they brought new Coke back for this. They could have opened a Stranger Things well, mall. Um, another quick side note, because I th- I think it's funny. There is a place in town. Uh, I don't know if you have you guys ever been in 1984. Yeah, that is the name of the establishment, mm-hmm. but it's a um, a retro arcade. Um, yes, you know which every mall had one, mm-hmm. and uh, so I, th- I always think it's funny because you're looking at the same era because this was 1985 in this season, which I think we had, it was 84 last season. Am I correct on that? Uh, mm. No, there was a two year gap. It was between... 83 last yes. season. Oh, okay, it was fall of 83. Okay, and this is 85 because it was Halloween. They were Ghostbusters. Oh, that's true. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, moving on. All right. Battle it out. We know that you don't feel the same about the stories and that it didn't get an A from both of you for a reason, but I'm guessing those reasons are different. Probably. Rich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rich, what fell flat? Uh, you know, fell flat's a strong word here because, you know, I still did What give it a wasn't as visceral for you? So um, if I'm being honest, I felt some fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I felt that uh, they didn't visit anything new in the long run. And I mean, both from a literal sense, but also from the essence of what they were trying to do. It felt less like they were continuing a story and more like they were spinning their wheels at times. Uh, you know, I didn't see... Like the path was slightly different, but the destination was the same. Right. Like we hit Russians along the way and a mall, You know, which, by but the way, we still got to the same place. You know, the Red Scourge thing. Once again, I was around for that. So the the stereotypical Russian, all of those tropes that they've been, I remember all of this, so that was very much correct. I mean, the the, the one bad guy was very much an Arnold guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he... Mm, the, the, the Terminator, was, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a great little tie-in there. But at the same time, I don't feel 
I, I didn't feel like they visited any new themes. I don't feel like in many of the characters progressed. Mm-hmm. I feel like as before, they were pretty much where they began. Uh, you know, so I, I felt like it's kind of a spinning their wheels. I felt like it was almost a filler season. And uh, it lost something in that process. Now, once again, there's a lot to enjoy here. And I did uh, you know, overall enjoy this. But if I'm being if I'm being honest, it was just more of the same. Mm-hmm. How about you, Nick? I kind of agree with Rich, and that's kind of weird because that I'm is weird. With I'm like, what? <laughs> because why? Everybody that I have talked to about this, they're like, well, it was better in season two, and I just want to smack um, them because I thought season two was me? the better one than what? But yeah. to me, this one was a filler, and it sort of just like nodded its hat at. The nostalgia factor, like mm-hmm. the Miami Vice shirt, and it was even, a Magnum PI shirt. Whatever, yeah, WTF? Yep. I don't know. I was Thomas barely Magnum, there. Remember, first love, love you. Didn't they Thomas actually, Magnum? Did, wasn't there a clip? Yeah, he we, was watching it when oh, he was yeah, sitting yeah, there yeah, eating yeah. the Tostitos, yelling about the yep. three inches. And they went kind of above and beyond to make Hopper more a funny An like, ass hat. Ass. Okay, oh, sorry, no, that's just me. Hang on, I'm gonna go there, but let's 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 save that for just a okay. minute. Okay. <laughs> well, because it was funny, like when he was like losing his mind on Mike. But at the same time, I'm like, you hid her for a year from him and you knew where she was. And now that they're uh, together. There was a level and then they went beyond it. True. The, uh, yeah, but, the, the the dad thing, freaking out thing, I that didn't bother me as much as a few of the other things. But yeah, hang it. We'll get there. Go ahead. And, I mean, it was still funny. Like, I thought it was really funny. He played it off well. Uh, but really, I didn't really start getting into the show until they did the sauna test mm-hmm. because yeah. then it, and that was like, I mean, that was like episode three. That was, I think the end of episode three that was uh, or four. episode four. four. Yeah. And then so that through. season went dark, which I liked. I appreciate it. Cause I'm like horror movies mm-hmm. and I liked how they went darker with this season for longer. Cause season two, they got dark on that last episode. Oh, yeah. A lot mm-hmm. more people die here. Yeah. Uh, but opinions on that too. And, like, you could tell season two was a throwback to, like, Evil Dead, Exorcist-type things, mm-hmm. like the ending Which, of that. Which, shout out to Evil Dead yeah. sneaking into the movie. And then season three, I didn't like the separation of the gang. I hated that. Never, never split the party. It felt disjoint. <laughs> I see what you did there, <laughs> little Dustin. Yep. Yeah, it, yeah, it felt... Uh, and they did that. Dustin yeah. was gone from the group the whole season, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Which and, I mean, granted, they reference, yeah, but but uh, yeah, I just I have to shout out the code names, like from mm. Dustin getting back from camp, being gold leader to mm. uh, the Griswolds and the Scoop the, Troop yeah. and Bald Eagle, <laughs> and Bald Eagle, like those were the great, like mm-hmm. those. I know we haven't gotten to the best of times and the worst of times, but that was the best of times for me for the whole yeah. season was Scoop Troop and the Griswolds uh, and the Bald Eagle. No, I, I you know I'm. Probably spoiler alert for the podcast, but I actually sang along with them for the never ending story. For the never ending story. Oh, oh, you were yeah. so dusted. And and my wife was both overly enjoyed at this and uh, e- equally rolling her eyes that I was able to just spontaneously oh, sing. That is delightful. And, and the second, you know, when they, they they repeat the verse, I actually sang the harmony, so. Oh, yes, you did. <laughs> I am so sad that I was not there to witness That's that. Amazing. I cannot even tell you how sad I am that I missed out on and that. And I did appreciate that because that was, a lot of people complained about that, but because they're like, it was horrible timing. And I'm like, 
It was the best timing because it was an intense moment. Yeah, the dichotomy was amazing. Uh, you know, plus it fit that this is the you know the girl she didn't know what was going on. Yeah, you know what? Why would she believe that that was going on? I did love that she actually existed too. That like the whole seasons, everybody's mm. been like, "Oh, Susie, sounds wink, made up to wink. Me. <laughs> is this girl even real?" And then there she is. I yeah. figured She's they were going to go there. Uh, but really, like, I liked how they were at the fair because that fair looked like my county fair rides oh, and everything. The gravitron, absolutely. Uh, I want that ride in my backyard. I love. I also I love that ride when the I love bottom the drops Gravitron. out. That was the mm-hmm. best ride, hands down. And that little parachute thing that they were riding, I was like, they still have that at my county fair. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I think they what, have one of those at Silver Dollar City too. And that's what we did was go to the fair back then. I remember yeah. the week that the fair was going on was this was a huge social event for your life. Yeah, but you know, besides the nostalgia factor, I thought I hated how they split the party, and then. A splitted, split the party. Oh, words. But then I words hated. Words are hard. He I went, hated the end too. He went to school in Arkansas. Yeah. Forgive him. But I hated the end. So a lot. That that the was, the end of the episode or the, the season the because it felt post credit. No. no, no, no. I hated the end of ep- the final episode because it felt like a series finale. Okay, mm-hmm. well, now wait a minute. I disagree completely. I I had to think about this for quite a while. What was unsettling about the season to me. And I finally came to me a few days afterwards. Season one and season, season two, I thought end had a beginning and an end to the point where they were close enough to be standalone, that if, that, if it ended right there, it could be done. Whereas this season, I felt that this was a cliffhanger. This was as close to a cliffhanger as they got to where it felt like they're leading into season four. And I think that's my whole problem with this is that this didn't seem like a complete season on its own. It wasn't its own story. And mm-hmm. that's my big problem with it. Well, and I kind I know they're not going to because, you know, this is their baby. But I feel like they've almost written themselves in a corner with this episode. They or have to know season. where they're going. Like, well, if they don't know where they're going, they've made a they, huge mistake. They say they have, because they have season four and five that are going to be made. I thought it was ending <clears throat> at four. I thought they were doing four and then a movie. Pretty certain. Well, I think they said season five. Maybe unless season five is a movie. I'm Listen, I'm just going to throw this out there. They have to hurry their asses up because those kids are getting too big. Well, they'll have to deal with that. Sometime. I don't know if... My thing about this is... I don't know if I can wait two freaking years for the next season. That's what I'm saying. But like, if <laughs> you do like, wait two years, they're going to be like 19. Well, that's probably what they're waiting some, for. Some of them are pretty close to there now. That's probably what they're waiting for because they're already in junior high. They're probably waiting for their senior year for season four. I don't know. I like it when they're kids. Uh-huh. I don't know. Uh, can I throw out that I am very disappointed that Mrs. Wheeler and Billy did not hook up? Okay. I was going to cover that later, and we'll <laughs> get to my opinions at some point. But let me just say, I, uh, Cara Buono, or Cara Buono, I don't know. Is a beautiful woman. Um, a is a beautiful woman. And I really like her, and I love her portrayal of Mrs. Wheeler. What was the point of Mrs. Wheeler in this season? There was none. Like, le- the woman is obviously miserable in her marriage. She Billy. obviously settled. The point was Billy. Right, but let her go have some fun before he turns to, like, pod Billy or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. let the woman go have a night out on well, the Well, she would have ditched him anyway. Remember? She went to right? the pool and said, I'm sorry I couldn't come. It's like, you got all sorts of 80s hot mom going on. And, and then like, you didn't show she's up? She's basically there to have, like, a moral conundrum and interact with Billy a little bit and then have like some awkward moment with her husband at the fair. Like clearly she doesn't even like the guy. He's still a douche. Like at the fair when she like rolled her eyes, I'm like, yeah, you still hate him. Like leave him. She clearly has, she clearly has fight. She clearly has spirit. Her whole moment with Nancy, Mm -hmm. like talking about the shitheads and you know, 
do whatever you're going to do anyway. I'm like, give Mrs. Wheeler more to do. Mm-hmm. Or just not have her be there. Anymore. Or have her like Mr. Wheeler and just be like a tertiary character barely there in the background. See, I've always been a supporter of that character, but for a different reason. Um, because all the way back in uh, season one, uh, like when we first watched season one, my first comment ever was that she's the best mom ever. Because once again, I grew up in that era and a mom that let you play D&D in your basement during that time frame was a rare and precious thing. Not mm-hmm. to forget, this was the heart of satanic panic and a lot of parents believed that D&D it, was evil. It was, and they did. And we had to hide it. Uh, you know, some we hid it from some of our parents, mine included, for a long time. And it was because that was going on. People, the the geek culture that we have today, we weren't allowed to be open. We really, we, we joke now about being closet gamers, but back then we were. And, you know, we hid it from a lot of parents. We were fortunate enough that one of our, uh, one of my friends, their parents were cool with it. Uh, so we played it there a lot. And most of the other parents didn't know it for a long time. That that's what we were doing. So I was so super appreciative that she was that mom. Uh, now, this was the first season that they kind of uh, they kind of hit on that. Because you notice at their, the last episode... Yeah, they, they did the... They kind of hit on... But trust me, this was very real. Buying a D&D book was not an easy thing to do. Uh, it was Well, not, how'd you get them? Uh, for Mail? No, uh, we got ours at Walden Books because some of the Walden Books actually did carry them. But it was like buying a condom. You know, oh, like, you put it in a brown paper bag so nobody would see it. Exactly. You 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 had to be very cautious and careful and about and who would go get it. We would got like older siblings to go get it for us because some places wouldn't sell them to you if you were younger. Um, no, I'm not making this. That kind is of stuff insane. Up. Oh, Satanic Panic was real, yo. It was very. No, this is how bad it was. So there was a, um, and this was I was older by this point. I was in high school. It would have been my senior year. One of my best friends who was also a D and D player. Um, we had dated a girl who was two years younger than us and they, uh, were kind of on the outs. They, they, they'd seen each other and she, the church she went to at the time. Now keep in mind, I did not grow up in the Bible Belt. This is not far from Chicago where I grew up. Um, but the church that she went to, the preacher came to my house, knocked on my door and basically told me to stay away from her because we were a bad influence because we played D and D. Keep in mind, this girl did not play D and D with us. Uh, she just dated a friend of mine and he played D and D and that, that, that was very real. And this was not a pleasant conversation that happened. And, uh, I ended up having another unpleasant conversation with my mother afterwards, even though by that point in time she knew uh, I played, but I mean, this was, this was real. It was, it was ugly and you know, it was not something you could say openly at school. Teachers would like, there was a bad impact on it. It was, it was ugly. Wow. Yeah. So that's why that to me, that's who she is to me. She's the cool mom. Um, So I get that this point in time, they really played up her femininity. And I I felt like I put too many syllables in that. Nope, it was right. Um, But I also felt like it was wasn't needed. I mean, I'm okay with them going down that road and exploring it. But I agree with you that then they should have explored it or she deserved a payoff. Uh, I'm just saying she deserved a night out and to get, you know, to and have some fun. But it still would have been cheating. Who cares? Her husband was literally a turd on the couch. Like her husband's was, a cardboard cutout of a human being. Well, I mean, in the, the well, fair enough, but that just doesn't justify. And then they true. pulled the. She oh, should have had that conversation. Her daughter's with I, what I was hoping for like, was that she would go out, have an evening with Billy, realize it was a horrible mistake, but realize that she was the master of her own destiny, and that be the catalyst for her leaving Mister Wheeler and going off and having a life of her own. See, is and, what I was hoping. And for. I am okay with that storyline. And and maybe this is me showing some bias here because I, I am that dad now. 
Um, I, I don't ever feel like they portrayed him as... You lay on the couch asleep? Well, sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they ever portrayed him as a bad person in any way. Uh, you know, to me, I see they show the scene there where, you know, she's getting ready he's to go out. He's just apathetic. He is. Fair enough. You know, but the scene where she's getting ready to go out and then she ultimately doesn't, she looks over and sees the you know him sleeping on the couch with one of the kids. With and little see, Holly. See, to me, I took that as more of her realizing that, you know, he's, while although boring, he's a good guy. And... And that's ultimately why maybe she didn't risk it. Because I don't think they've ever portrayed him as being bad. I think he's boring. You know, at the same time, you know, it's not like my kids don't think I'm a little boring. <laughs> so, question. What all those mothers are doing whenever the shift change happens, is that technically cheating? No. No, no come on. That, that'd be a... They're not doing anything. But also, Oogling, is he a They'd minor? be a little embarrassed. I don't no, think he's, so. No, he's, 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 he's out of high school. Now, it's, yeah, it's a little bit of a, a, a age difference there, so you know, there's a certain... They'd probably be embarrassed if their husbands knew, but they're not no, sleeping see, with him. They're just... They want him and, and to I, notice them. I say this as somebody who's been happily married for 20 years. No, absolutely not cheating. I referenced it... Uh, I think I referenced it episodes. I referenced Uma Thurman, uh, mm-hmm. you know... Uh, she's being, so and you know and trust me this is these are things my wife knows i know who's on her list uh and i don't think for a second that she doesn't check people out i absolutely know she does and i'm okay with it because we're human beings you know that's it's who we are we don't suddenly stop being attracted looking's to not cheating touching no, is there, there is a point in which it becomes cheating and not hey i think that person is attractive that's she not was cheating. real close to the line she with did. making plans at the best western and, she and, was and real she close met, to the line yeah, had she met him at, at the hotel and everything now that is a betrayal of trust which is ultimately what cheating is, in my opinion. Now, once again, I'm not saying that characters can't cheat and it doesn't make automatically make them terrible people, but it sure isn't a chip in their favor either. Uh, so I don't know. I was really rooting for it. <laughs> I was too, I'm not going to lie. Ever since that episode in season two, I was like, oh, come that, on. That dad didn't do anything to deserve that. They haven't shown him do anything other than just be a little boring. Yeah. Now, if boring isn't enough for her in that relationship, that is something worth having a conversation over. If there are things in life that she wants more, then those are things worth. Well, I think they've made it clear multiple times she wants more and she doesn't want the life she had. She had to get married. But at the same time, most women were at that age. Oh and yeah, in, I in agree. That, in it that was because they would have. It would have been the what early seventies when they got together, possibly Mid. late sixties. Mm, it would have been earlier than that because because um, Nancy's the, probably like, what like nineteen. Yeah, because she is out of high school now, isn't she? So so she, it would have been the yeah, middle sixties. She's doing like. First year college internship so, to um, let's see. Well, I they've hinted at the fact that they got married because Mrs. Wheeler got pregnant. Mm. So I, I, you can look at the math this way. So my uh, older sister uh, graduated high school in eighty seven, and she was born in sixty nine. So so it's been the late sixties, mid yeah, late sixties. So the culture of the time. I mean, she did what was available to her. Right. No. And and I and they they portray that pretty well throughout this episode as well. Uh, the, the the kind of culture at the time, and even the not so good parts like that, that you know, mm-hmm. men were in charge. I thought they went. Oh, a little we'll o- touch on that later. I thought they went a little over the top with those guys. I think I'm mean, like once again, I was around for those eras, and I can tell you some horror stories and how it was worse and how it has gotten better, even though it's still here. Even that for that time, that was kind of a worst case scenario. Not that it didn't exist, but uh, in most places, weren't that bad. That was a little over the top at times. But, um, you know, uh, some of those environments happen. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's not a great moment of the season. So that's a good segue into the best of times and the worst of times. There's always a high point. There's always a low point. Let's start on a low note. Nick, what was the lowest of the low for you this season? It was just so dumb and made you so mad. 
<laughs> uh, probably there. First of all, that was a Beavis and Butthead laugh. Now continue. <laughs> well, like if I was to really think about it, that had nothing to do with the episode was the commercial that was snuck in there for New Coke. <laughs> <laughs> that was so dumb. It's like, we clearly get it. They released They had New a Coke conversation about it at one point. They it, had like a three-minute conversation about New Coke before and they were interrupted. which one's better, yeah. yeah. It, it felt like the Wayne's World moment where they're, you know, oh, we're not going to be sold out and suddenly they're wearing the di- Nike jacket, the mm-hmm. shoes, and the Pepsi can is there. Yeah, yeah. It felt a little in your face. Mm-hmm. How about you, Rich? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to pick a thing but it's not a moment. It is an overall theme that they went with that kind of goes into my idea that the theme was, you know, there were some different feelings this year. And I touched on it when I said, you know, the newspaper scene where I thought the the, the toxic masculinity there mm-hmm. uh, was a little over the top, although not, you know, impossible. It almost felt like they were in the 50s. It felt like they were forcing it a little more than it should have been, which is kind of where I'm going with this because uh, they also did it with Hopper. Uh, he got a little, mm-hmm. uh, a little over the top at times with his dealing with the relationship and several of those other themes that I thought they threw in there that those things were real in the 80s. Like I said, I was there. I remember these things. But in the previous seasons of Stranger Things, those all faded into the background, meaning they weren't a theme that they were trying to push. They were as much in the background as uh, the movie choices. It was just and part the, of the story building it, the world. Right. And this time I felt like they threw it in your face a little bit more and it became less about the background. And uh, I felt that that kind of lost something. It almost seemed like they were trying to make a point, less they were portraying trying to portray the 80s. And uh, so I, I lost a little something in there. So that's going to be my low point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's bring it back up, Nick. Let's pick a high point. Well, dang, I picked an item. Yeah. You picked a theme. Oh, I, that. I'm going to roll back just a quick second to add one to that. The uh, girl who uh, came out as lesbian. Um, did that the happen way that in the was 80s? Handled? Wait, did no. that happen like... no. Okay, I didn't now, think so. I'm, I'm, no, when I say no, I mean, it, it obviously... I'm sure it did, but it wasn't... Happened. But not but, like in high school like but that. But trust me, nobody, I, I have friends who came out as lesbian who I were friends with in, in high school, and they wouldn't have said a word to nobody in high school, and did. And I'm talking, I have very close friends who I'm still friends with, by the way, uh, who eventually came out as lesbian, and they did, they did not come out in high school. Mm-hmm. And that's because the culture simply did not allow it. The way um, it was, so is it's not the character is lesbian is the way that that was handled. It was the way that you know I don't care that she's a lesbian. I it, it, the way that it was handled because I don't think it would have happened that way at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, I'm, it, it, and she definitely wouldn't have just flat out said it, and she definitely wouldn't have went out. And I also take exception to the way that that was handled. It was, and and not that that's wrong for her to have done so. I'm saying it's not accurate for the time. It was. For me, it felt heavy handed. It felt yes. like, hey, we're going to be inclusive. We're going to have an LGBT character now, yes. but we're going to make you spend all season thinking that she's going to get together with Steve. And then there's going to be an awkward puke filled scene in the bathroom floor where she's going to come out as a lesbian in a way that doesn't make any no, sense. This was an area in which we all pretended that Freddie Mercury was straight. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did. Yeah. Nobody talked Selton about John he was too. gay and he was very obviously gay, but we didn't talk about it in the 80s. Yeah. I. Honestly, I kind of thought, uh, God, who's the kid who always disappears? Well, <laughs> I well, thought he was going to be the gay character. Well, and see, I've always thought that that was going to be the case as well, and a lot of people have. And I w- I'm still kind of hoping that maybe that eventually happens, but it doesn't. Like, I appreciate and respect that they're including an LGBT character in the show. I think that's great. But can you not be so ham-handed about the way you do it? Yeah, I, and I felt that way with some of those other aspects. Or maybe she just doesn't spell it out so plainly of like, you know, 
a coy alluding to you're not my type and well, he kind of gets what she means and they don't say anything else about it and then they become friends after she totally pulled the bait and switch mm-hmm. she intentionally made it sound like she was into him yeah the way it was written it was very like mm-hmm. oh i was obsessed with you and then oh i wasn't obsessed with you because of this i was obsessed with you because tammy quinn was obsessed with you yeah and uh, like i said I, that is not the way that would have unfolded People would have been terrified. I don't think that's her name either, Nick. I just made it up. It's Tammy something. Tammy Thompson, maybe. I don't remember the other girl's name either, but I know what you're you're referencing. So anyway, that was, that's, that's in rant. Okay. (laughs) Now let's bring it back up. Nick, what's just the best part? It was just, oh my God, it was the best. Um, Since they did have a bigger budget this year Mm -hmm. or this season, uh, I like how they added more nostalgic music mm, and the music. I love the, the music. rights to some of these, uh, some of the movies mm-hmm. that they were able to reference. Oh, the Back to the Day Future of the moments. Dead, Back to the Future, especially the Day of the Dead. I was like, I mean, granted, I don't think that would have been very much money to get, but I loved the fact that they started off sneaking into the theater mm-hmm. to go watch a scary movie, and it was one of my favorite scary movies. And then they ended at the theater with one of my favorite. I don't even know what you'd call it. Family movies, I guess. I don't know. Back to the Future. And then even that they story. included the score with like Dustin, like mm-hmm. trying to yell into the walkie talkie at the moment where the battery on the DeLorean is dying. Yeah. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. And never ending story. One of my favorite, favorite fantasy movies oh, from yeah. then. It was fantastic. Yeah. How about you, Rich? So, um, once again, I'm going to go with the thing, but not necessarily one that you suspect. I'm actually going to say the mall. Oh, see, I feel that Starcourt Mall is a character. See, I know, and that, that's exactly where I'm going. I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd have said it that way, but you you really kind of pulled the words right out of my mouth there. And because that was such a thing in that time frame, you know, the malls really identified our culture so much and changed our culture so much, and as well as our socioeconomics. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was the, a huge moment in consumerism. You can argue whether it was a good or bad one, but, uh, you know, the, it really was a, a change in our society. And Nick just know, kicked the table, he, everybody. He did. So. <laughs> Uh, I have to go to the mall because once again, my point earlier though, but it was in the backdrop. Like they, they showed it, but they never like had to go in your face with mm-hmm. it. It was it a tertiary w- character. It, it was, was just, just there. there. Uh, I am going to say this since ugh, they did such a great job with bringing a true eighties mall back with the fashion, and everything like mm-hmm. the gap clothes and everything, the whole mall montage. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, they are re-releasing stranger things clothes from like the gap and stuff like that uh oh my god if that yellow and black outfit with suspenders (laughs) y'all i'm gonna be rolling up in here wearing that outfit well and that was the thing like i do agree with you i just wasn't going to say anything about the mall because i'm like "Eh, you know it was there i mean and yes you had to have a huge budget to get the rights for all that but i was just gonna go with what i remember because i wasn't one of those like to the mall people Mm -hmm. you know i still hate the mall i go there once a year but anyway but see, that, that's foreign to me, and it's a generational thing because my generation loved the mall. Right. We went to the mall all the time. Like, we like, we can't. What are you doing this weekend? We're going to the mall. You oh, know? no. If I, and who, I hate the mall. My God, I hate the mall. I also hate I've the mall. I've always hated the mall. With a fire and a passion. Even whenever I was a kid, I hated the mall because my mom loved to shop and I could never get out of the mall. I used to go to the theater there and, and watch two movies and still have to spend half the day there. <laughs> I, d- I don't like it. Anyway. Uh, that's a 90s child for you right Whenever there. I was yeah. watching or uh, watching the show, I was, uh, I was thinking to myself, you know, every bit of that could come back and be a trend now. And sure enough, two days later, I read an article where Gap or somebody was re-releasing those clothes. 
And That's it, awesome. And again, a new lesson in consumerism. Yeah. Ah, yes. Tie-ins. Well, oh, enough of us. Hey, Lulu. Hey, let me ru- ruffle some papers here. Sound effects. Yay. Okay. That's just in. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm going to be Mr. Clark right now. And <laughs> you have your favorite students, like Dustin, that you're going to grade on a very different scale than you're going to grade Troy the mouth breather. <laughs> so I'm going to grade this show like I'm going to grade Dustin because it is an exceptional student and I'm going to be a lot harder on it than I'm going to be on mouth breather Troy that's over here on CBS every week. Okay. I can relate. All right. It is with a heavy heart that I give this season a C. Whoa. Okay. I know guys. I know. Uh, I was just about to go, why? But you're about to tell me. I'm totally going to tell you. I'm totally going to tell you. We're going to sit here and look at her patiently Um, and go on. This is like a a top three favorite show for me, like of all time. And this season did not have the magic. They were trying too hard. Like even as much as like the mind flayer, like I'm going to throw this to Star Wars, like the Wampa in Empire, how when... George Lucas came back and fucked with everything and showed you, I don't want to see it. Mm. I just want to see the claw come out and smack Luke in the face and then be gone. And I want to make that monster in my head. In previous seasons, the mind flayer has been, there's a flash of lightning and then you see its shadow or you see the smoke in the background. How much of the goopy, fleshified mind flayer do I have to look at? Mm -hmm. I don't like it. Stop showing it to me. I get that you have a bigger budget and you're proud of it, but come on, man. Like, let me leave something to the imagination. I loved the whole zombie character thing. That whole invasion of the body snatchers, everybody being taken over. Even the little, they threw in like little details with the half tucked in shirt. Those were all genius. And then... Gary Busey and Mr. Holloway get chopped into pieces and their bodies converge and they go down the storm drain. Jake Jake Busey. Thank you. And it was too much. The pacing, also a huge problem. We have the first handful of episodes. They're fun episodes to watch, but like what's happening here, people? Like Cerebro. Okay, Professor X, we're trying to contact your girlfriend. How long does that take? Like nothing happens in the first episode except you're reintroduced to the characters as older and you see that... Will and Eller, or excuse me, Mike and Eller are obsessed with each other and Will's struggling with losing childhood and Dustin's got his girlfriend and Max and Lucas are over here making out and doing whatever. It was very disjointed storytelling that we haven't seen in the other seasons. And dear God, let's talk about Hopper. Okay. <laughs> all right, I I'm am going to get all up here on my soapbox. Okay. Bring it on. Hopper is a crusty curmudgeon with a heart of gold. Always has been. I love that about him. I love that he has crusty edges, but then when you get to the middle, he's got like an ooey gooey soft center. There's no ooey gooey soft center this season. He's just an asshole. Okay, I get the whole Mike and Elle thing. I understand like dad, all of a sudden he's dad to a teenage girl. They're making out all the time. I even give him a pass on all of that. I do have to do a brief aside. Him singing You Don't Mess Around with Jim in the car. (laughs) Driving with the windows down. Golden. Anyway, 
back to my point, that whole thing with Mike made sense to me. I get it. Like he went a little overboard, whatever, but then it doesn't stop. It just keeps going mm-hmm. and just keeps going and just keeps going. It goes off the rails. Joyce is clearly not over the death of Bob and he's trying to force her. And then he's an asshole to Alexi the whole time. And then he's gruff and rude with Murray. And then he just takes over the Todd father. And like, there was nothing redeeming. The only thing close to a redeeming moment for him was when he gets to the mall and like, you see him holding L because she's sick. Like that's a sweet moment. That's the only soft hopper moment we get this whole season. He's a curmudgeonly asshole the whole rest of the season. And he lost all sympathy for me. Now I'm to the point. I don't even care if he's dead. Cause he's just a jerk running around being gruff and abrasive to everyone who could possibly care for him. I felt bad when he got stood up in the restaurant, he bought a new shirt, but like, don't no, no. you don't get to be a dick about it. No, exactly. And I, sorry, I'm going uh, to jump in. Because That's okay. I I've went on really a long been, rant here. I've been really wanting to say this because, you know, I, I alluded to it earlier where I, uh, you know, pointed out that things were different and things have gotten better. I know people aren't happy with it where, where society is now, and I, neither am I, but I, I, I've been around to see improvement. So I remember the 80s. I remember what they now refer to as toxic masculinity was just society Mm -hmm. um you know i when there wasn't uh you know now there's i have a lot of guy friends who aren't that way and there are circles then there wasn't you know all that was that was just normal everybody was that way like i said yes the i thought the newspaper was a little over the top because honestly there's a certain point where they just weren't being professional and getting anything done as opposed to really you have that much time you know most bosses would be like yeah that's funny now get back to work um but at the same time as far as what it was like to be a young man that's all there was. Guys only acted that way. Those are the only examples you had. That's all you had to exist in and live in. There were people who were better and tried to be better, but you had to hide it. You had to, you know, present it in different ways. And, you know, so I remember I experienced all this. And I always liked that Hopper was the guy who obviously grew up in that mm-hmm. environment. But he, like you, you refer to the gooey center. He was a guy that knew that that's really not the way it's supposed to be. But yeah, I he don't, told the line. But I don't know a different way. So I have to exist in this guy world while not necessarily treating people that way. And sometimes you don't know how. And sometimes emotionally, you don't know how to process that. Because ultimately, guys weren't taught to process emotions right. at all. So, you know, I could see him being angry at Joyce for standing him up. Because let's honest, I mean, let's be honest. That was kind yeah, of a shitty, not great. It was kind mm-hmm. of a shitty move on her part. Now, uh, I don't like that some people give her a pass because there was greater urgency well there was greater urgency but you know that should have been a conversation but initially until he knew that i think it's okay for him to be a little pissy that he got stood up but a little but he pissy, kept throwing it back yeah, in her face the a, whole rest of the season a little pissy isn't where he went yeah he went way worse than that now i'm okay with them showing hopper uh, you know trying to understand and develop that emotional connection and learn how to process them which i thought they did better with the ellen mike thing you know he went to his friend joyce and said I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do here. And I kind of got a little angry and got a little mm-hmm. mad. And she helped him. And he's like, "This is foreign to me." I you know, but he's trying. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh, and I thought that was okay. That, but then like I said later, they didn't. He just. And then he him. just stops trying. And then he's just literally abrasive to everyone yep. he meets. And, and then he just goes and, and bordering on abusive. Suddenly, he's that typical guy. Suddenly, he was that typical '80s guy who was just that asshat, and that's how you got away with acting because you were a guy. Mm -hmm. And well, and that leads me to like my final point about the season. Like I have mentioned it before. There are rules of storytelling. There are the ways that things happen. There are people that have to pay the price and the Duffers know the rules of storytelling. They have followed them in the past beautifully. And then this season, 
you don't have more than one heroic death. So we have Alexi, who essentially dies a heroic death. Mm-hmm. He has his moment where he thinks he's going to have happiness. He's holding the Roadrunner. And then, boom, Terminator, he's gone. Okay, I'll give that one a pass. Maybe I really it's not hated the most that character, death. too, that Terminator bodyguard guy. Gregory or Gregor or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that was lame. Then, like the very next episode, we have Billy sacrificing himself for the heroic death. And then not 20 minutes later, we have Hopper then sacrificing himself for the heroic death. Now I get it. We all know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hopper's not dead. But in that moment, everybody believes that he's dead. Like you don't tell stories that way. If Billy's going to have his heroic death, then it needs to be three episodes before, or he needs to not have a heroic death and just have a regular death. And then you have the one heroic death. Nobody had their moment because there were too many moments. And then it's just boom, 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 right in your face. Dead, 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 done. And then you're left with Peter Gabriel singing heroes and Elle crying her eyes out. And you don't even know how you feel. You, you might have known how you feel. I didn't know how I felt because I was so damn angry. I want to feel these emotions with her, but I can't because I'm just pissed. And let me tell you, okay, that never-ending story moment <laughs> might have been a thing for you. And I think it's cute, but they took it too far. They put a whole musical number in the middle of my show. No, 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 no. If you want him to sing, that's fine. But he needs to sing like a regular 13-year-old boy is going to sing. I do not need you sing in harmony. I do not need the whole score in the background. He went to nerd camp. Of course he's going to sing harmony. At 13 years old, I could have sang the harmony for it. Shut up, Dustin. But I was taking vocal lessons by then, too. It was the production quality of it, of like, let's pause this episode of Stranger Things for a musical number. We'll be back in brief moments. By the way, shout out to Missy Cahill, who was my vocal coach back then and was a wonderful vocal coach coach so thank you i'm good i'm glad you've had a good one i had one and they were terrible and the end but like it was the way that that went down was the nail in the coffin for this season for me i'm sitting there staring at this like i get what you're trying to do it's not working see i almost picked that for my uh, best moment yeah. you would have been wrong sir <laughs> see, been wrong. i just hated the ending whenever she was moving like her the, like taking no, the kids. Fire's family L. plus yeah. L. I thought that was the most practical thing they've ever done is get the hell away from I, that place. <laughs> I hated it. I was like, because to me, I seriously feel like they've written themselves into a corner. I don't know how they're going to get out of that. I, hope I don't not. know either because how are they going to come back? I mean, I'm sure that they have it all worked out and I'm sure that I'll love whatever it is because let's be real. I'm going to watch it at least twice, whatever they come out with. I, I think we're going to Russia. I don't want a whole season Kamchatka. in Russia. That will be so annoying because mm-hmm. that was almost annoying for me on this one. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of. See, I think Russia's got a portal. I think once they opened the one here in the U.S., they were able to finally get theirs open there. That's why they have the uh, uh, Demogorgon. I think that's how Hopper got to be in Russia. I think at the last moment, he somehow went through the portal and came out their end. Well, we know he didn't die because they they make a point in the opening scene of the first episode to show you the goopy-fied bodies of the people when Mm. the first machine explodes in Russia. They, like, stop the camera on the goopy-fied bodies, and then at the end of the last episode, after the machine blows up, you can see the spot where Hopper was standing, and there's no goopification. I also don't think, as you referenced earlier, that the uh, creature was the Mind Flayer. I think that was just another one of his thralls 
that he was more closely connected with. I think the Mind Flayer has always been in the Upside Down and has never come. I would agree with that, that it could be like one of his minions Mm -hmm. and and like a hive mind thing. I think think that's why when, when the portal shuts, he loses his connection to it. I think they showed earlier on that once the portal reopened, he regained his connection to what was there before, which is why it immediately reformed out of the same particles, so to speak. Um, so I think that's what's going on uh, mm-hmm. on that end. And like I said, I think we're going to find out that Russia has a, has a functioning I portal I do now. really hope, and I'm not sure, because we don't know if he's dead or alive, but I kind of hope that Papa makes a reappearance, Matthew Modine. Well, he's dead, isn't he? Didn't he die? No, we don't know, one? because when she's with Callie in the one-off episode, uh, number eight, she was eight, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk about trying to kill him, but she chickens out. And then goes uh, back. I also think we're going to find mm-hmm. out that their superpowers are from the Mind Flayer. I thought they were going to go directly there this season when the Mind Flayer has a scene where he says, I built all of this for you. Mm-hmm. I thought we were going to find out they are essentially like somewhat children. Like he somehow imparted part of his psychic ability into them. And that's what that company with Papa did even you know, initially when they had that connection is they were able to somehow get that to happen. Mm-hmm. Which is why I also think that at some point in time, Will is going to develop powers. Oh. I just remembered a whole nother gripe with this season. What the hell happened to Aunt Becky? Why does Elle just like with no argument from Aunt Becky go to another state with the buyers when her aunt's like an hour away? Back then you could do that. But like, does Aunt Becky not have anything to say about that? Does she not have any if she would have made a stink connection about it. to if, Elle? Does she not know what's going on and that Elle's quote unquote dad just died? If, I mean, I don't know. But I mean, from a legal standpoint now, you're like, how do you get that done? Back then you just did it and nobody gave a crap. That part I get. But I'm just like nobody apparently cares that this girl's going and i thought it was super sweet that joyce like didn't even blink an eye she's just like no you're gonna come live with us and i think that's super sweet but i'm like what about aunt becky and mama good question well mama is almost well brain dead yeah, yeah. <laughs> mama cuckoo she she likes rainbows okay mm. let's uh let's just slide on into the female factor here I'm just going to be blunt and honest here. This season was disgustingly sexist and painful to watch at times. But (laughs) So were the 80s. (laughs) As as I was getting ready to say, that is extremely important and I think to be commended. The Duffer brothers told it like it was, and that is crucial for people to see. What Nancy experienced at the post is a snapshot of what someone might have experienced in that position at that time. That's what somebody literally might have had to endure. Jake Busey's Bruce and the Mr. Holloway character are textbook examples of toxic masculinity. And to give this a a definition, because it has recently been brought to my attention that multiple people do not understand what this means. Toxic masculinity is like toxic relationships. It is not an expression that says that relationships are toxic. It means certain types of relationships are toxic. Just like certain types of masculinity can be toxic, just like the Jake Busey Bruce character type is. And that was the world of the 80s. And that is something that these women had to experience every day. And I think it is so important for people to see that. While it may have been a slight caricature of what it was like, it's important for people to see that in their face and understand there's a reason that we're still fighting for equality. All right, guys, let's go get some new Coke. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I guess that's a wrap. Bye. (laughs) 